What's up, everybody? It is Friday, December 10th, and you are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat is in L.A. today, ahead of Friday Night Smackdown, but he is joined by A.J. Hawk in studio, Michael Lombardi, and Coach J.B. They go through the entire Week 14 NFL slate. It's a good one. Let's get into it. Pat McAfee, right, he is out in L.A. So after signing a gigantic fan duel deal. He is in a hotel. He will be joining us shortly. I am here. We'll I'm very excited to be in Indianapolis Monday here with the boys. The studio feels very sweaty again, very warm for some reason. Maybe you know, Once I get this nice gear and these nice clothes, I get a little sweaty. As Pat said, I'm wearing my Peyton Manning outfit, which, hey, I will take that. That is a compliment. The dude is great on TV. He was a Hall of Fame quarterback, so thank you, Pat. I appreciate that. All the boys are here. And hey, without being a cheese dick or being corny, like I'm very excited to be here today. Dead serious. I, when hey, I was driving hey, in. Hey, it's great to see you guys. I get to see you through my computer. It's great to see you in person. So I appreciate you guys having me. Let me come in and, you know, kind of join in on your absolute mess. I'm not going to talk about the, uh, the desk today. I told Diggs before the show, this is stupid. Gets bigger every day, whatever. We will move on. But Diggs is here. Boston Connor, Ty Schmidt, Nick Moraldo, Zito, Evie's back there. Uh-oh. Gump. Can we cut the gump? Gump Ooh. is here. All the boys in the back. Billy, Gertie, sorry if I missed everybody. I walked in. There's about 40 people here uh, in the office today. Obviously, spray, spread it out and did everything right Come for COVID, on, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Always. No, just a normal amount of people here. But before, before we go any farther... I need to bring in the man of the hour, the man of the week, Mr. Pat McAfee. He's out in L.A. somewhere about to do SmackDown. Sir, how are you? Oh, what's up, dude? Hey, a quick question. Thank you. So, well, it's not a question, more so a statement, which happens a lot in this show. I think everybody kind of has come to expect that now. Quick question for you, AJ, uh, as you sweat all over the place. I said you look like Peyton because I think I've seen him wear that exact combo. And I think you look absolutely incredible, impeccable, so professional that people are going to be wondering why a man in a tank top gets a dress like this and talk to a man like you. Now, let's talk about the decisions you've already made on the show. You let off in interesting fashion. You deal at the beat drop, which is fantastic. You put a candle where you can't see it on that desk. Yeah, oh, That is a fucking nightmare waiting to happen. We've all seen We've your clubs. I'm, I'm trying to get the ambiance. I'm trying to make it feel like homey in here. Make it, you know, you already have the Christmas tree. You don't have to do it, Flames. You have surfing you have Santa. Oh, what's up, Shaka, hey, bro, Pat, with uh, Santa? Hey, Pat, oh. by the way, uh, that candle almost lit the fire. Yeah, we had to right? move We it. had to move that yeah. candle like two inches up. Yeah, no shit. I, it, it's sitting right. I mean, that's right in front of what? 4,000, 5,000, what? 10,000? I mean, it's okay. bad news, Bears. All right, hey, did my Super Boost hit last night, guys? Uh, <laughs> the answer's no. The answer's so. no. So okay. Hold, I'll, I'll let you get to Okay. So I'm sure you guys were worried. I sent a text to Ty Schmidt in the second quarter, I believe. What, mm-hmm. were, what were the Steelers down when I said I believe it was 23 nothing. I said, lot of game to play, Ty. Lot of game to play. Don't worry <laughs> yeah. about the boys. And you know what? They made a hell of a game out of it. That was a very fun game to watch. It went from being a like, terrible game to maybe one of the most exciting games of the year, at least for me, watching last night. What did you think of the game, Pat? Yeah, I agree completely, AJ. And as I saw them just, you know, a buzzsaw 
show up and a buzzkill moment happens for all of us with A.J. Hawk guiding the Super Boost for the first time after an impeccable year of picking against the spread with so much confidence. He says Steelers money line. I land in L.A. The game had already started. I sit down. It's 9 nothing already or something like that. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Then Kirk Cousins is slinging it. Dalvin Cook is running all over the place. I'm like, I thought that guy's shoulder was bad. What the fuck's going on? And then I put out a tweet. I go, excuse me, at official A.J. Hawk. The hell's going on with the Steelers? Your pick. Did you just pick the Steelers for the Super Bowl because you don't like the Vikings? Is oh. that why? Is that why? Because you're you're a Packers fan and a Packers legend. You don't like the Vikings because what Bet Brett Favre did and all the years of division. Or did you think that the Steelers were going to do a lot more of what they did in the fucking fourth quarter the entire game? It felt it felt like something happened. Obviously, a switch had to be flipped on the offensive side of the ball. Ben started making better throws. It felt like he was getting more aggressive. Things were happening. Mooth. Yeah, move that ball. That ball's here. He's going to make a play. Chase Claypool is getting it on the shins from everybody. And I think he's pissed off about the whole thing as well somehow. So what a night that is a terrible evening for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. There's a lot that is trying to drive them all apart. But more importantly, you gave it your best effort, AJ. I did. I did. And if I – we'll we'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll go around the room, right, to see who gets to pick the Super Boost each week. Well, see, that's something I'm, I'm going to have to think about. I, I Believe me, i got a 45-hour fl- uh, flight home. <laughs> I, I, every time I fly out here, it feels like the winds and the chop must get stronger. I was sitting up in the sky what felt like eight hours yesterday, oh. trying to catch up with everybody's kind words yesterday. I am so incredibly thankful for how nice everybody has been, uh, how, how cool everybody has been, and also all the incredibly kind things you've said about all the boys. A.J. Hawk got a lot of compliments yesterday. Oh, hey. yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of compliments on the old jaw from Ohio. You know, yesterday was a cool day. I can't thank everybody enough, and I still have 170 text messages that I've not answered yet. So, I mean, I don't know if there's a flight long enough for me to get back to everybody who apparently has my number. I didn't fucking know that. But I appreciate everybody. Everybody's the best, and yesterday was really cool. I think the the video you did, everything was Mm -hmm. super special. A lot of people reached out to me to try to tell you congratulations and boys and everything. So, yeah, it's an awesome thing that uh, that you've done and and now that you have now seen yeah exactly but i mean it was started with you it's your name your thing and, and we're along for the ride and we appreciate what were you doing so uh, you, the best thing about it is like this is fun man like, oh, yeah. i don't know about yeah. you guys but this is what your guys's job is this is my job this is this is technically my profession i texted you that the other day I'm like this is my profession <laughs> which is amazing AJ had to sign up for something aj had to sign up for something like real professional and they said occupation, and he oh, wrote yeah. PMI. Yeah. <laughs> like I just had to write you. You were my boss. I sent, that a t- I sent a text. I was like, "This is a great day, man." <laughs> you know when you have to, you got to fill stuff joke. out for your kids or a doctor or whatever. And it says place of employment. I'm like, uh, PMI. <laughs> there we go. And I texted Pat right away. This is a great day, man. I'm so happy I get to do that. But I want to go back to that game quick, Pat. I'm going to get to the COVID cowboy because his head's down. He's been in mourning. Mm. I'm not sure how he feels about the Chase Claypool situation where people feel like they could have had one more play to run. But I want to jump back real quick to Fryermuth last play. First of all, Ben Roethlisberger threaded the needle. Ooh, what a throw. A dart. Harrison Smith deserves more credit. And that's I understand all I do here is pump up Harrison Smith, but I love what this guy does. If you look at this picture, he's about to have pinpoint accuracy. Fryermuth has two hands on that ball, probably reeling that sucker in. Harrison Smith punches directly on that ball and causes him mm. to drop it. It's a PBU. It's not a drop. He, he knocked that thing out of his hands. So Harrison Smith, the play of the game, because I feel like we all know that 
if Pittsburgh scores there with their momentum, they're probably getting the two-point conversion. Then it's a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. COVID Cowboy might be a little happier today. How do you feel about the game, Diggs? Um, I, I love that they fought. I, and I'll ask you to do this to, to start. They, for some reason, cannot play football worth a shit the first two and a half quarters of every single game. And I don't know if it's, you know, they say, like, we have to establish the run. We have to do this. We practice this all week, even though it's not working at fucking at all. We're going to do it because this is what we worked on all week long. And then they're like, hey, we're down. So maybe we'll actually just, like, let Ben be Ben and do what he still can do. I don't think Ben's a problem at all. I t- we talked about it yesterday. 32nd ranked rush defense in, in the league right now. Like, that was going to A lot be- of injuries as well. I know Nick, was, Nick went through all the injuries Tons. that they have had. So that, a lot of injuries. But, hey, everybody's hurt right now. But, yeah, continue. Tons of injuries. And I don't think Ben earlier in his career could cover up for the O-line, letting people come untouched. right? Like, he can't he can't cover up for that stuff anymore. So I think some of those flaws are being seen. But, like, I've talked about it before this season. Like, doing some of the stuff they do – like lighting up 200 rushing yards, uh, getting a, a pick, and then going to celebrate uh, in the end zone when you're, when you're down 22 points. <laughs> that one uh, was a little bit weird to yeah. me. I don't know if Joe and Troy mentioned it, but that one felt kind of oh, forced. It, it, felt, it felt kind of awkward to me. The, the Claypool stuff, I mean, this is the second year and What do you row. think? Okay, so Claypool, big fourth and one, fourth and two this conversion on the slant, catches great ball, celebrates, kind of gives his little first down marker as what the center was running over to take the ball to get it spotted. The ball gets knocked around. Bar- Looks like backyard football, how the ref's trying to find the ball. They probably would have had one more play, right? After oh, yeah, yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah, and the, um, like he, he, get, he got benched last night because he got the taunting, like, and I'm surprised he doesn't get it more. He does it all the fucking time. <laughs> um, and he got benched, and then he still does that. Like, you have, to, you have to think about the moment before you think about yourself, and I don't know how often he does. Like, he's so fucking talented, but he yeah. does that shit all the time, and it's week 13, so it's – obligation for me to hate a fucking Steelers wide receiver at this point in the season. And I guess it's going to be him this season. He does the fucking TikTok in this oh. this is probably Uh-oh. This is probably all fucking Juju's fault, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I like I love Ben. I love that they fought. They do. I just wish they would do it earlier in the game. I don't know. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. If they Bowl, found so. a way, though, if they found a way to tie that game up and oh. potentially win, that's a franchise win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And for you. Catapults for you, you yeah, for, for me, you. it's the, yeah. the Super Boost, too. Everyone's life could have been different if the Steelers just could have found a way to win that game, right? So Chase Claypool, I, I would like to talk about Chase Claypool because his press conference after the game, and I think we know Chase a little bit, right? I yeah. think at this point we've had him on a couple times, mm-hmm. and he's very young, and he's very talented, and he is taking it on the shins, justifiably so, for the optics of the entire thing. But if you hear what he was saying, he was saying, hey, I caught the ball in the hash. All right, the ref, the ref's fat ass wasn't there yet, is, what it, is basically what he said. The ref's fat ass wasn't there yet. I think he thought he had time, a little bit of time to do that and still be able to hand the ball off and then line up in the formation that he was at. So I understand where he is coming from in that particular case, but optically that can't fucking happen. Yeah. Like, you know, like that, that, is, that is just something that can't happen. So I think the ball exchange between he and Turner, I believe it was Trey. Yeah, it was. I believe yeah. Trey was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, like, which, by the way, I think everybody had – at this point has appreciated him doing that and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but the ball ending up on the ground, never could. Never, because nobody can scoop it. No ref can scoop it, squirt it <laughs> up. You know what I mean? I, I can't. No ref can. Right. But that's another play. It's just optically it looks terrible. Does, didn't you – I instantly thought of 
how they praised Larry Fitzgerald when he would grab the ball and yeah. sprint it over to the ref in situations like that. That's what I started to think about when I saw the Chase Claypool situation play out. They taught that, I assume, at Packers. It felt like just as somebody that watched practice, you know, and I, obviously I we mentioned Peyton being like that was just like a part of it. Like, hey, if we're running two minute right now, this ball ends up in this ref's hands right next to the hash that it's being spotted. Like this, you even run with the ref almost. Like you don't even trust them to potentially take the hand off and run with it. It's yeah, like, dude, put your hand on his back. You bring him with you almost. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah, Let's hey, do this. here you go. Fucking put it down right here. The- it, there started to be a trend where people just started putting the ball down, but then the D lineman would just kick it, mm-hmm. which, by the way, smart. You should do. Minnesota actually. did a good so, job. Did you notice Minnesota did a good job of holding guys down but not long enough to get a penalty? And they would systematically kind of bump into whoever the receiver was no. trying to. Yeah, it was awesome. They would like just give them a little bump like, hey, I'm just walking here and you ran into me. Like they, they took off a few seconds doing those little gamesmanship tricks. I, I wish like. they would have done that last week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then they learned. They learned. Harrison Smith said, this ain't happening again. No. I'm fucking putting my right hand through this guy's hand. Ball. That was an unfucking believable yeah. play. You're talking about and Muth, and Muth is going to feel terrible, right? I think if we yeah. know anything about yeah. Friar Muth, he's a young tight end. He's going to feel terrible. I think that is just a hell of a play on the other side. I don't think Muth should be you know, distracted, distraught about himself. Yeah, I don't know how he was able – he was supposed to bring that in because the second he got those two hands on the ball, that punch is coming. You can see it. Harrison Smith, that punch is 16 inches away right there. He makes contact, and he hits the ball directly in yeah. three defenders. What a throw. What an almost catch right there. Yeah, that was good on good. And then uh, Ben's all the way back to being Ben, uh, by the way, because they asked him about uh, – they asked Ben about Claypool and, and maybe Ben, like – teaching him or something like that and ben's like that's not my fucking job that's classic it's classic him yeah hey nick so you've been kind of quiet back there what are your thoughts on the game last night what were your emotions going through that game from first half to second half just kind of taking it all in right there what you guys are going through and i think you pretty much hit the nail on the head in a lot of points uh echoing the sentiment of Diggs there with what Ben said after the game about Claypool about that's not on him that's on Tomlin it's kind of a cheapskate way out it's mm-hmm. kind of a it's kind of a uh, pass the buck type of thing but that's always been Ben what got me was in the game at, uh, at one point it was either in the late third quarter or the fourth quarter Brashad Breeland I believe it was one of the cornerbacks of the Vikings uh took a penalty and it was a dumb penalty and Anthony Barr ran right up to him, oh, yep. got in his face, Pushed and said, him. basically said, what the fuck are you doing? Threw him like, off the field. That's not something you see the Steelers doing to each other. Now, we mentioned Trey Turner running up, but I think he was more trying to even just get the ball yeah. and, and yeah. not confront Chase. Like It just seems like there's a whole lack of accountability on that team, and I don't know how you fix that. It's been happening for some time. Hey, <laughs> listen, if you're watching along from the outside looking in, you got to think to yourself, and this has all been – Beautifully illustrated on ESPN all morning. I've been watching it here. I've been up. I've been up so long right now. Like I have not slept much, you know. So I've been up watching this whole thing. Remember, Antonio Brown went live in the locker room. Yeah, we're gonna, uh-huh. beat, the, we're gonna beat those sons. That of was bitches. the start. Was that the start of all of this? You think? Well, that's what. That's the story. That's the narrative in there. What is missed is that Tomlin has never had a losing season with any of that, right? Uh-huh. In the AFC North, with any of that stuff, and maybe that just happens. And when you lose, all these things get brought to light a lot more. But I mean, Tomlin is in a very interesting position. He said, "We're going to evaluate who we're going to do it with going forward." What if he just cuts everybody? That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I mean, keep keep Minka, keep Cam, keep TJ. Fucking rest hey, of them. Minka flies, dude. And Minka can make – I was telling the boys earlier before we started the show, Minka made multiple touchdown-saving tackles, I feel like, in the open field against Dal- Dalvin Cook that 
are very, very difficult tackles. Like, Minka saved them many times last night. How come Dalvin looked better than that? Yeah, what like, the I hell? Mean, he is so fast, isn't he? <laughs> and he caught a ball. The one he caught oh, on, like, oh. a third down was yep. fucking up. What a route. And I think they even had, like, their dime personnel it in. Was. That was a safety mm-hmm, covering them. Yeah. That's so tough to cover the running back out of the backfield like that when he can run that well. And just a nice ball by Kirk, too, in a huge, huge moment. Hey, so, hey something we Kirk. need to talk about. Primetime Kirk. I mean, there was a lot of stats coming out in the fourth quarter when Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers were getting hot, and everybody thought Kirk was going to lose that game. You know, this guy, 3-75 and 75 in primetime, <laughs> yeah. or whatever the case was. But he made some big-time plays last night, some big throws. I mean, going going 216 with two tuts. Now, he obviously had two picks. Can't have that. I mean, no, that's a couple ugly ones. Man. Yeah. That, that, uh, when was the, the last one he threw where the guy could have taken it all the way to the house? Yeah, oh. I was almost a pick six on the Fucking right side. Weatherspoon on a pound of cement in his cleats. What was yeah. he doing? And then he kind of he felt people coming from behind him and kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. I, that one right there is like, oh, this is a game now. Here we go. Kirk's giving the ball away. But it was just a little uh, – it was the slant that the receiver stopped running. It wasn't even really on Kirk, yeah, I don't that's, think. That, and um, – Todd Haley came out today, or like maybe it was last night, and tweeted like the, that the wide receivers are the problem. It's not Ben. Like Deontay, who I love, uh, he yeah he did kind of cut his his slant off short there, which caused the interception, and it's a mess. Well, that Deontay <laughs> touchdown he caught though to get him going felt was great. Remember in the end he oh. was up two dude like that was beautiful. Hey, how about Deontay getting out of bounds? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was yeah. Huge. another huge play. You're right. I didn't think he was gonna get out of bounds. Huge play. I mean, he had to beat Pat. Right, I think you had to beat Pat, yep. and then he had to get around mm-hmm. and back out. And you can't run out of bounds going backwards, so he actually turned and like went square off the field. It was a, there was a lot going on there very quickly. That Super Bowl's fucking dead. Oh no, it's not great play, Cuss. That's the problem with all these guys. They they make incredible plays, and then but two plays later they'll make. Oh, they play. live by the highlights. You're saying, Tony? Uh, I don't know. know. I just consistency, or I don't know. I don't it know. seems like it was either. The series was really, really bad oh. or really, really good. Yeah. Well, that's that, kind of how the Steelers' offense was. Well, and that's like the Vikings as a whole. Like the first yeah. half, they look like one of the best teams like in the NFL. Then the second half, they look like a team that's lost like eight games on the last play of the game, which they have. Hey, Justin Jefferson's a guy. Oh, yeah, he's, he's so unbelievable. Good. Is there, who was, I think Matt Castle was tweeting last. I mean, it was hard to see tweets. I, I missed a bunch <laughs> yeah. of them, too. I am so sorry to whoever. I apologize. I was trying to respond to as many. He was either Matt Castle or Lovsky. It was one of those quarterbacks on the internet. They were like, hey, Justin Jefferson is wide open on crossing routes the entire time right now. Like, he is just wide open. And I don't know if, you know, Kirk didn't see him a couple different times, but man, when he gets the ball, it is electrifying. He is a fucking guy. And he always has separation, it feels like. Yeah. I don't yeah, know how that happens when you well, know he's the guy. How about, we haven't even really mentioned Dalvin Cook running all over this Steelers defense. And Evie, I don't know if you have some of those screen grabs. Look at this. Oh for, my god. Man, look at Foxy. <laughs> this is a show. Jesus. Pops this thing right up now for the serious listeners. We got a, a screenshot, I believe, from Gumpy's guy, Warren Sharp, that says, like, <laughs> how does this happen? And it is Dalvin Cook. The hole he has looks like it's about Five yards wide, yeah, and there is nobody really in front of him. There's a safety that looks like he's running to to. That looks like a punt. Yeah, he's going to punt. The safety's going to cover, which I you can't take too much out of screenshots because he has to check that first. I understand Dalvin Cook's running right down his throat, but can you imagine trying to make that tackle right there? What if you're one of those safeties? Good luck, buddy. Minka makes this tackle. I know that's what I'm saying. Minka saved this team many times. Like that looks almost impossible. Hey, should we not think about Kirk? Maybe should have kept this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. read option. Yeah, you're right. But who would you rather have run the ball, Kirk or <laughs> Dalvin Cook? Congrats to Dalvin Cook. Congrats to the offensive line. I mean, mm-hmm. big answer after losing to the fucking Lions. Like, 
You know, this was a big-time short-week game for the Minnesota Vikings, and they bullied the Steelers, which is, I think, goes into all the bigger problems. The celebrating on the first down, or the celebrating on the first down on fourth down with 36 seconds left with no timeouts, the the miscommunication coming from the front end to the back. I mean, there's just, there's so much happening in Pittsburgh that you just, I think all Yenzers go, that ain't what we're all about down here. Like, good for the Vikings. Good for so the fucking Vikings. Th- this game was a perfect depiction of this NFL season. Pittsburgh beats the Ravens last week. Vikings lose to the Lions. The first half, Vikings dominate. The second half, the Steelers come back. Like, it's that's been the season for every team this year. Not every team, but a lot of teams this year. AJ, but though, uh, I know you probably brought that up for a reason. Like, the run defense. Like, what the fuck is... Well, I, so I know they have a bunch of injuries. So yeah, they that, do. The injuries... Not, it's okay. a great photo by Sharp. O-linemen are getting free releases on the linebackers. Every yeah, and so when you have, especially when you have, you're plugging new D-linemen in, too, you can talk about run fits, or you can talk about, oh, this guy may not be as good as the starter, but it doesn't matter. He's still a good player, but it's it's more like the continuity. It's like O-linemen. You know, when they play together, if you have a, a group of O-line that they don't have any injuries and they play together all year, they almost have like a sixth sense. They know. They don't have to talk. They can kind of give little head toes. They know exactly what the guys are doing next to them. The same thing happens on defense. Those linebackers have to trust that the D-lineman, hey, this D-lineman's in the A-gap, this D-lineman's in the B-gap over here. I know they're going to stay in those gaps. They're not going to get pushed out of that. I have to play into my gaps. But then all of a sudden you have these new guys come in. Maybe there's some miscommunication. I'm not sure. It gets blasted out of their gap. You try to make up for it. And then, well, guess what? Linebackers trying to make up for the D lineman out of their gap. Then linebackers out of his gap. Then the safeties have to try to make up for that. And everyone's just running around like they're chicken with their head cut off, as the coaches like to say. All little chain reaction fuckery, it sounds like. When you look at this here, when you look at this, do you think this is somebody peeking or do you think this is just like Will? Like Will Power? I mean, I, I. Did someone just get caved down on that left edge? or, or what Because what happens, AJ, right? Aren't they holding, and then if they just peek one way, then the offensive line, like, see you later, right? Yeah. Like, that's like, kind of what happened. Yeah, it's hard to tell exactly from this angle. Exact, but, I mean, look how wide your end is out there. That, he this has no to be chance. a draw, right? Yeah, what, I, would, I would like to see exactly what What is this, third and 100? <laughs> yeah, what was it? Well, because they picked it up. There yeah. is no answers. <laughs> there are no you, answers you can just on that. Just say it, AJ. They stink. I mean, that's the third string nose tackle and the backup D end. Like they're going to get beat because they're backups for a reason. We talked about it yesterday, and and you know you can put your positive spin on it. That was very nice of you to do. But there's just a reason that they are that they are slotted in that part of the team and that roster. Like they just they're not meant to be. Yenzers don't believe in next man up. What the fuck? Oh, I thought we were no. What are we even doing out here? Some of the greatest of all time have been backups. You ever heard the story of Wally fucking Piff? Yeah. All right, hey, this team ain't that deep, unfortunately. Okay, and I, I felt bad for Naj last night because he hasn't seen a hole like that since Alabama, and he had to just be gritting his teeth over watching Dalvin Cook running wild like that. I love Naj. You gotta like him even more. You gotta like him even more. And you can see the when he uh he caught that touchdown on bar. He gets up and kind of kind of pats bar. He's like, all right, like, you know, it's tough to cover. This <laughs> yeah. It's a tough route to cover, but like and bar's like, yeah, what am I supposed to do here, man? He had pretty good coverage. It was a great throw and a great route, though. There's nothing you can really do. When Naj was on the show, he had such a good personality. Yeah. yeah. You know, and when it, when we announced he was coming on the show, a lot of people who had potentially interacted with him before were like, Oh, can't wait to see how this goes, can't wait to see how this goes, because he has like his own personality. I fucking love him. Like I I I think the city of Pittsburgh was expecting Naj to be a stealer before the draft happened. 
And then whenever it was like kind of lining up for it to happen, they're like, oh, this is our nausea guy. Nausea guy. <laughs> he is your guy. And I think they're going to rebuild around him if they move on from Ben. I think it's going to be like, uh, hey, we got a great running back. Let's make sure, let's figure out how we optimize this dude as much as possible. I think they got a dude there. Well, and you have, you have Fryermuth at the tight end mm-hmm. position, who's absolutely going to be a stud for a while. Claypool. Claypool. Like, they have plenty of weapons. Wow. They really do. Claypool, Claypool, if he figures it out, dude, that guy makes plays. Now, I didn't love yesterday Steve Smith saying that Claypool doesn't run every fucking route. I just assumed everybody's doing that. That's especially at that level. You know, I guess I'm completely He's a different. Wrong. Like, Clay, I would like to ask Steve. Like, Steve did say that he can eventually, like, he'll have the ability to run every route, but it's there's different body types, though. Look at Claypool. He is such a big body dude. Like, do you need him to run every route? Well, wasn't that the knock on DK Metcalf, too? Yeah. He, like, but, like, look at him. Like, he's doing way more than oh, yeah. just there's, running. Remember the footage of him shots. coming oh, yeah. out? They used to show, show some of the routes that he would run, and it did not look good. But now you're right. He's a completely different guy, I feel like. Yeah. So, yeah, it can happen. You're right. Okay. Steve Smith also said, like, they need a veteran wide receiver. Yeah, like, that, that, that shit was Chase Claypool doesn't happen if there is a guy in there that's telling him like hey when we get like a Larry Fitzgerald for instance when you get down there sprint yeah. to the fucking ref and spot the ball because we don't have time and you don't to, even have to tell him that's the thing like yeah. Larry when you have guys like that they don't have to go but okay kid kid that's always a big condescending thing when I first got in the league the vets but kid 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 let me tell you about <laughs> this and I would instantly just shut down and be like yep you're dead to me <laughs> but uh if you start out like that, like, okay, get I out of my face. I just signed a piece of paper for $50 million fucking dollars. Okay? <laughs> well, no, like, don't, don't, kid, don't kid, 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 let me tell you what you need to do. I'm like, okay, bud, thank you very much. <laughs> I'll sit there and be polite and then just go about my, my life. But I, I saw it happen where, okay, so like in the receiver room, I was in Green Bay, and I hate to always like bring it back, oh, back when I played. But when you watch it happen, like Donald Driver was there. When I, when I got there, Donald Driver's there. Legend. Greg Jennings is in my draft class. So Greg gets to watch Donald, learn from him. Jordy Nelson gets drafted shortly after. All these guys, and they all like take on like, they don't mean to or they don't have to, but they're just good dudes that do the right thing. So all the young guys see it. So everybody gets drafted behind them. They're like, yeah, this is what we do. Devontae Adams comes in. Now Devontae's that guy. Mm-hmm. So it's a... It's very, very valuable, especially that receiver so, position. That happened at the Colts as well, and I don't want to always talk about like back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we're speaking well, from you know, our point you of view. You know what annoys yeah. me? The reason I say that is because it annoys me when people will assume everybody knows where they went to college, and they're on oh. TV, and they're like, oh, well, you know I, you know how I am. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a homer, though. I'm like, I don't, what, do you, what do you mean you're a homer? Like, well, you know, I went to Alcorn State, and I'm talking about Alcorn State. <laughs> well, no one, don't, don't ever assume anyone knows where you're from and what you did. Just for just clarify some things, I did know that Steve went to Utah. Yeah, so I'm not talking about Steve Smith. I'm talking. I watch people on TV all the time do this. I'm like, wait, I have to wait and say, okay, five minutes later, I'm like, oh, they went to school there. That's why they're saying that. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know well, I mean? I'm just and the Colts, by the way, from my perspective, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne to Ty. I think Ty now to Pittman is happening. You know, like that's a. I think that's a pretty common thing in a lot of places. And it's not just the wide receiver room, although we're talking about the wide receiver. It's room common right for now. good teams. For good teams, it's common. Yeah, in every room, I think. Right, yeah. I think it's every room. And if not, you have to have like a really, really good coach, like a really, really good coach, right, in that room. I, I honestly believe that. I think you have to have a good vet in every room. And if you have a bad vet, by the way, that can also fuck you over. I oh, think yeah. you know what I mean. Oh yeah, that can really cause issues if you have a bad vet that's going against the coaches. But man, why are we doing this? Why are we, why are we running? You know, two minute on Thursday and just always complaining. That can have a huge impact on the young guys. Well, just like the positive stuff of like working hard and making the right decisions can like 
you know, influence the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Also having like, yeah, this is bullshit. Just kind of like creep into the younger guys. <laughs> like that's not great either. Like unless you know, even if it's right, like even if it's true, it's like that can also potentially affect an entire culture. Yeah, I'm sure you've had coaches uh, in your time. I know I did where players are like, man, why are you kidding me? What are we doing here? And even if you could tell the coach completely disagrees with what the head coach is doing, a good coach is going to be like, guys, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. I get it. But this is what we're doing. You, you got to listen to the head man. We, it, there's a bigger plan in place, and you got to just go with it. Like Instead of bad coaches, like, I get it, man. This coach, you know, the head man, he's, he's pretty volatile. He's pretty terrible. So just <laughs> yeah. go ahead and go through the motions and get it done. Hey, we're on your side here, honestly, the whole fucking time. So the worse you guys do, the better we look in our battles against him as well. But there is, you know, whenever – I think the first time I heard Chuck do the blinders speech, you know, it was, uh, it was after a practice. It might have been after A.Q. Shipley was traded. So A.Q. was he, – he, like, he started for us. We did good. We did good. We beat Cleveland, I think. We ran the ball well. He either maybe he came in from an injury, whatever. He came whenever he was playing. He was doing good. We were doing good, but there was a lot of business that was potentially happening at that position, though. Like, and we all understood that. So then the next week, AQ wasn't even dressing, right? So he wasn't even dressed. He was a healthy scratch or whatever. And then he was then he was up, and then he played, and things would go good. And then he was down and out. And AQ was liked by everybody. Like, so it was like, the fuck's going on? Then he was traded. And I think it was the first time I heard Chuck just be like, trust, we got to trust. Right, we just got to trust the decisions that are being made. Just put the blinders on or whatever. And it was the first time like I heard, uh, you know, I think like the coach even be like, I, I get a good sense that everybody here thinks that there's some fuckery going on right now. I'd like to let everybody know that we just have to kind of trust it because normally it is the assistant coaches that do that type of thing where it's like, mm. listen, I understand why you potentially hate everything you're doing, but now's not the time for the good of the the whole or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's just those situations happen on a regular basis. Regular basis, I think. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes... It's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. Oh. Should <laughs> That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the, all, <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dangers. Downtown. Bingo. David Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? 
the shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to getrumman.com slash McAfee today. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Steelers almost came back and had one of the, the greatest uh, comfort behind victories ever in the NFL. We're unable to make that happen. Harrison Smith punches the ball out from Fryer Muth at the very end to end it. Great game, but let's not wait any longer, Pat. Let's bring on the one and only. Everyone knows him. He joins us on Fridays. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Coach JB. Yeah! What up, what up? You guys hear me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got you, JB. How's it going, man? How, what'd you think about that game? How's that game? How'd that game hit you last night? Man, it was crazy. I was, I fell asleep, half, half drunk, and then I woke up and it was fucking a ball game. So I was like, "Shit, what happened here?" Ben woke up or it took some, uh, you know, fountain of youth or what? What is that fountain of youth? You guys think? don't, uh, you Jerrigans. know, probably yeah, some moisturizer. Hey, he threw a dime to end the game, man. The guy's got to catch the fucking ball. He was scared as a little fucking hoe in church. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta squeeze the ball, man. That fucking was a that's a touchdown NFL catch. You gotta make the catch. You wanna be different. Everyone it's easy to fucking drop it. I mean, I get you, but how about the throw from Ben? Like Ben made some throws. Ben still has some juice left in that arm, doesn't he? Fucking dime piece right there. Right there. You gotta tuck the ball to your chest right now. Right. <laughs> he yeah. tried. Did you watch it, Jimmy? He's playing against NFL guys too. You want to play in the NFL? Be different. He's playing against a very different guy. He's playing script, against a fucking. He's playing against a white dude in the secondary. <laughs> that motherfucker ain't doing nothing. He ain't busting no grass. I know he's been in the Pro Bowl a couple times, but fuck, who's is he scared of that guy? <laughs> he might on, be scared man. of twenty three. Line him up right there to take his head off. <laughs> Hey, you know, that's, that's, hey, AJ, you know, if you're an offensive guy, you teach that right there. Squeeze, tuck, fetal. He Squeeze, tried. tuck, fetal. He tried. Fetal position right now. Fetal position. Hey, dog, it's fucking easy right there. It's an easy catch. Man, I don't know if it's an easy catch with Harrison Smith <laughs> accuracy I, I like Conor McGregor in his prime. Easy catch, but he's got to catch the ball. Yeah. Coach JB, Coach JB, what about they have another play maybe, you know, Chase Claypool, the ball ends up on the ground. He's at what this. Fucking shitbird, man. What the epitome of a fucking shitbird, man. Like, shitbird's gone forever, kidding. right? Didn't you say Isn't that what a shitbird is? Gone forever? Gone forever. And then he blames oh. the center? Blames the center and on the podium for fucking slapping the ball out of his hand? Is that what did he say? He, there's a there's a video video out there someone just sent me. He's he's a, he's like, Well, the reason we lost the game is because I got the ball knocked out of my hand. Really? I'm like, you got to be shitting me. You're going to deflect that to the center who knocked the ball out to line your ass up and get the ball to the, the ref. Like, what a fucking enabled cunt. <laughs> so, JB, what, take us through exactly what Chase Claypool should have done once he made that catch to convert that big fourth down. You know what he should have did? Have you, ever, you guys watched Larry Fitzgerald? when he used to hand the ball and run to the hash and hand the ball to the ref, like high and tight, like boom, hand it to the ref's hand because the refs, they're not great fucking. I don't think the refs are like Pat McAfee athletic. All right. They didn't punt the ball, kick the ball. They didn't snap the ball. They didn't fucking play in the league. Mostly they're going to fumble the ball. They're going to chase the ball. They're going to lose the ball, hand the ball right to his chest. Just like you're coaching the kids in practice to hold the ball high and tight, hand the ball to the ref every single snap and get used to it. And uh, 
for the proof. Let's man. talk. Hey, Chase Claypool. Chase, I, I heard that clip that you're talking about right there. Chase Claypool said that he thought he was near the hash mark. He thought he had time for the big ref to get in there, and he thought he could yeah. get him the ball. And then the reason why it ended up being a problem, actually, because the ball was battled out of his hands. Optically, it looks terrible. He should not have said any of that or done any of that. How does Tomlin deal with it, you think, at this point? He said yeah, who we're going to have next. What does that mean? Yeah, I posted a tweet at halftime. I'm like, did the Steelers just quit on Tomlin? Because I, I find that hard to believe. I'm like, no way, right? And Because the way they were playing, like, there's no way, in it, AJ, if you watch that game, AJ, you know that the run fits were unbelievably unsound. Like, it yeah. wasn't even close. Like, that the nine up. techniques crashing, AJ. A, a, a true nine techniques crashing, and the mic is fitting the same gap. There's no spiller. And I'm like, we got no spiller, and and the running back cook just bounces the shit outside. Yeah, I mean, look at that shit. That's like that doesn't shit. happen. That doesn't happen in the NFL too much. And I talked about it a little bit earlier on the show. It's like a a chain reaction. The linebackers trying to make up for the D line being out of place, and then the safeties trying to make up for the linebackers, and then it's hard to ever get it back on the same page, which they did. And, and look at that right there, AJ. Look at that right there, AJ. You you know better than anybody. Look at the DN. I mean, he's pass rushing a run game. Yeah, that's like, the that's the problem. He, that. he creates that, that gap. Shit. He creates that giant gap when you're yeah, so he's, not even he's so wide. That shit. He ain't wrong arming it. He's not fucking fighting it with his feet. He's not his pad level shitty. Like I'm like, yo, where the fuck's the mic at? I'm guessing like, the mic's getting mic smothered. Better? Is the yeah. mic getting smothered yes. between those two O yes. linemen right there? Uh-huh. Hell yeah. yeah. And that's easy money because the double team took. Look at the double team. Like holy fuck, they're they're allowing the double team to just get walked to the linebacker depth. Well, even if let, let's say that that Mike gets over top of those linemen, Dalvin Cook's just going to run away from him, run to, towards the sideline, and no doubt. you see or that safety over there. Scholarship. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's not an easy tackle. Minka makes the tackle there, which is unbelievable. I wanted to switch real quick, Coach JB. So Lincoln Riley's at USC out there, right in your backyard. There's a lot of reports that people think Lincoln Riley's going to come in. This team's going to the playoffs next year. Guys are already flipping, coming to USC. What are your thoughts? This is what I think. Like, it's all good. Everyone, the, the, the people that were following him to Oklahoma switched and followed him to SC. That's kind of the, the norm, I think, nationally. But let's not forget, it's been two kids. It ain't 30. And the thing is, it's easy to recruit L.A. kids to Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. It's easy to get L.A. kids out of L.A. right now. I want to see how he does with keeping L.A. talent in L.A., which either school, UCLA or SC, has been able to do in the last six, seven Hey, will years. you explain why L.A. talent's such a big deal and who all the motherfuckers out of L.A. are right now in the college football landscape? Well, the Heisman winner is going to win the Heisman. He's from L.A. I mean, the the the, the other guy, Stroud, he's from L.A. Um, Clemson's quarterback's from L.A. Fucking Ole Miss's quarterback, who's up, you know, was in the argument of a, of a Heisman, is from L.A. I mean, I, shit, the number one recruit in America is from L.A. I mean, right now. So, I, I don't know, like, why are we losing the talent to other schools is what's been the issue because I think the SC and UCLA is so bad. I believe that it's the culture and the, and the uh, demographic of not having your own stadium, walking across, you know, uh, uh, like a historic landmark, like a Clemson or, or an Oklahoma and tapping something like Ohio State and walking into your arena. You got to get on a bus, drive to fucking Pasadena if you're UCLA, 40 minutes, sitting in traffic maybe for an hour from Westwood. And then SC, you got to walk around, you know, 
to the Coliseum. It ain't on your campus. It ain't far, but it ain't on your campus. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a stadium that's used by everybody and their mom, NFL teams, fucking concerts. I mean, it ain't your real, your own shit. And I think kids historic, started getting right? uh, tired of that. They started losing. They started going. Down Is that where Drake and Kanye were last night? I think that would be something that would sell. I don't know. I don't listen to either one of them fucks. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know where they went. I don't even know what the hell they were doing or what it was about. So it's all. I don't know. It was criminal justice reform. Hey, free Larry Hoover. They said they were having okay. a concert to free Larry Hoover and for criminal justice reform. I assume you're not. You're you're okay with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. I, I didn't know what it was or. Hey, let's move around college football a little bit here. Okay, Lincoln Riley goes to USC. How do you feel about the Mario Cristobal to Miami with Manny and them both recruiting and Mario going back and spitting some Spanish in the press conference? How you doing? It's great to be back. That feels like a perfect fit. The whole process, though, is so fucked. Yeah, I think Miami is uh, being tabbed as probably one of the shadiest universities in America right now because of how they handled Manny Diaz firing. He's literally in a home of a recruit and there's literally two head coaches at his university at the same time before he's fired. That's some shady shit in my opinion. It is, but JB, didn't he take the Temple job for like five days before he took the Miami job? Yes, he did. But what I'm saying is though, he told Temple I was leaving. I'm the first one on my show to to say that was a shitty deal because I had two kids going to Temple when he got the job and the next day he's at Miami. So I called him out for that, no doubt about it. But the university is what I'm talking about, not Manny here or, or Mario. I'm talking about how the university handled it. And then Oregon came out yesterday, if you didn't see the AD, and called Miami out on how they handled and circumvented the process and went behind Oregon's back and reached out to Mario. And Oregon made it a, uh, a point to you reach out to UCLA yesterday, I guess, and asked for permission to speak to Chip Kelly and all this. I, I, I think people are, are getting lost that this is a huge professional business now. It's not it's not amateurism anymore. Once the transfer portal created NFL free agency at the college level, in my opinion, and then the NFL, I mean, college coaches making NFL coaching money. It's no longer a fucking amateur deal. This is professional football now, man. And these coaches are making this money. And uh, I don't know, Pat, I equate it to everyone saying, well, Mario can leave Oregon. So why can't all the kids uh, just enter the transfer portal? Because Mario has earned the right to make a salary and get his and make a right to earn a salary for his family and better his life. Right. Because he's earned that right. He's fucking 50 or whatever. I believe he's gone through the experiences of life and has earned the right to do so. These kids are 18, 19, 20, even though they're a so-called adults, they haven't earned the right. They don't pay a mortgage, really. They put a kid through college. They don't fucking know shit. So they need to shut the fuck up and stay put and compete. Uh, Connor, you got Never would have guessed that take from you, by the way. Never, never would have guessed that. Go ahead, AJ. Sorry, buddy. Connor, what's up? Yeah, Coach AB, how do you feel about the MCDC first win in the Lions, and was it kind of similar to your first win in the locker room after? <laughs> You know, I don't know if I watched it. Um, no, it wasn't similar to my first win at all. But, I, you know, to me, Connor, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, man. A win and a loss to me, I treated it the damn same. Unless we won the bowl or won the championship. I, you know, fuck, it's, it's, it's go time. It's ready to get over. It's a Pete Carroll deal, 24-hour rule. It's over. On to the next one. Um, so my face never changed, win or lose. But 
when he started crying on the podium, I told you everybody he was going to fucking lose every game. <laughs> so they, they won a game. Kudos to him. I'm, I'm glad he won a game and got, got him over the hump. And I, Hey man, I, I, I got to pull my foot out of my mouth. Cause I said, I didn't think Detroit was going to play for him much longer after the crybaby thing, but they're playing for him. Um, they are playing hard for the guy. I mean, but they're also playing for paychecks in the NFL, but I, I do believe they're playing hard for the guy and the way they interacted with them after that win, you could tell they're there with them. It's not like they're just standoffish from the guy. Diggs, what do you got? JB, uh, you know, a lot of coaches, obviously in the college landscape. Um, are you surprised or do you know why, uh, none of Brian Kelly's, uh, assistants or guys that he's been with for a long time? A lot of them stayed at Notre Dame. A lot of them decided not to go with him down to LSU. A lot of people from LSU are potentially going other places. Any idea why that's going on? Well, first of all, he, he fired a, uh, like a LSU legend, like a couple days ago. And that guy ended up getting a job at Florida right away. But who's like strength coach or something. No, I think he's a running back coach. He's a great, um, he was great. Recruiter, no, not, right? not Falk, not Falk. It's the DB coach. I want to say, um, cause he didn't retain Falk either. But Kevin Falk, uh, not Marshall, but they, uh, they, they, he didn't retain him. And I guess a bunch of people came out and was bashing him for it because the guy's like fucking LSU through and through played there, has kids that played there, all kind of shit. And then he hired Wilson, who was the head coach at McNeese state, um, who basically just signed a class and then just quit on them and, and took the job, took the running back job at LSU. He's a, he's a known as a go-getter. He's from Louisiana. So he, he left an FCS head job to go be uh, a running back coach at LSU, which makes sense. I mean, he's going to make fucking triple his salary at the, at, <laughs> as a position guy. Um, but I don't know, man. You know, it's uh, they're pissed off at him. And I think it's just like the Nick Saban deal when he got on the plane to go to Mich uh, from Michigan State to uh, LSU. Nobody got on the plane with him. It's very similar. I don't know if you guys saw the report. I don't know if you guys know who Coach Graham is. He's now the head coach at Hawaii. He was at Tulsa, Arizona State. Pit. A few places. Kids have came out now calling him, you know, basically a Shocker. drill sergeant. He calls them shitbirds and calls them this and that and dog pieces of dog shit and all this. And it's like, oh, fuck, man, we it's like, fuck, everybody just wants to get the guy fired. Everybody wants to get everybody fired. Now, I've never heard one good thing about Graham. Never. <laughs> he stinks. But, but he wears the little the little mouthpiece or the little uh, headset, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, the Britney Spears thing mm -hmm. she used uh -huh. to have. Yeah. Yeah. The Britney Spears of coaches. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Ty has something for you, JP. But he's also the full metal jacket of coaches, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Coach JB, uh, Joe Brady getting fired in Carolina. He obviously it was getting, you know, I mean, we had someone on who said he got five NFL uh, coaching interviews. He had the unbelievable offense with Joe Burrow at LSU. Do you think he'll be a guy who will get one of these big-time college football jobs maybe before the start of next season, or what do you think he's going to do next? Oh, absolutely. He'll get it, and he's undeserving as fuck. Like, <laughs> like. It, it, it's unbelievable, man. These guys get these guys appoint these guys or anoint these guys as the next best thing. First of all, Brady was the co-OC at LSU with the most loaded roster in the nation. Okay, let's go there first. He had one good year. He gets hired by a guy who's also very inexperienced at the NFL level. I blame the ownership because the owner hired an inexperienced NFL coach who there goes and hires an inexperienced coordinator. And now you wonder why that thing's imploding. So now the coordinator gets fired first, of course, shit rolls downhill. 
And now, now you're hearing the, the, the Matt Rule's going to be fired. So, really? you know, what? I don't know. Seven-year deal, deal, right? Didn't he sign a seven-year deal? Is seven Matt Rule? Yep. Is he really – are they really threatening that they may fire Matt Rule? I've heard. I've heard stories, man. I've heard stories. And and you know what? Rule's a good dude, man. I've had good conversations with him when he was at Temple and, and different places. He, he recruited a running back for me, and we've had good conversation. And I have nothing ill will against the guy. He's a good dude, I think. But I, I, I go back to results-oriented. You're a, you're a rookie head NFL guy who makes rookie decisions on hiring a guy because it's he's a, he's a one-hitter-quitter. Hit, he had a one-hitter-quitter, which he was a co-OC, pass game coordinator, and now he's tabbed as this great guru. He's never been a head coach. Brady looks like the fucking kid from the Brady Bunch. Is it the media, yeah. though? JB, do you blame the media? Is this the media that pumps him up and makes him like, a, like they're a superhero? Media, fucking agents get involved. You guys know yes. agents talk to agents. They all are Chef tied in together, and those agents make power moves with each other, and they keep the fraternity in the tight circle. They keep that circle tight, and, you know, it's hard to get in that circle once you're not in it. Like, if you're out of that circle, it's hard to get in there, and he's in there right now, and I wouldn't be shocked if he gets Oregon or – I wouldn't oh, be shocked if he gets – What if he's good? Do you think there's any chance of him being good? Like, for instance, Cliff Kingsbury, like, didn't win shit, right, in college – but he has become a great NFL head coach. Now, he said today or yesterday, like, coach of the year is Bill Belichick. Every fucking year, Bill Belichick's coaching. So oh, what yeah. are we even doing? He, and he used to play for the Patriots. But I think he wasn't like that. Was it because you think he learned how to command the team? Or, like, do you think he got a little bit more diligent in the scheduling? Like, how do you think guys go and get better? Oh, it's real simple. How, why wasn't he a great fucking coach when they had, no, when they, when they had fucking Josh Rosen? Now he's oh. a great coach. <laughs> he got fucking J.J. Watt. He got fucking Hopkins. <laughs> he got fucking Connor Buda, at running Buda back. Baker. He got fucking the defensive line. He got players. That motherfucker ain't no different. <laughs> he got players. He's the same shitty fucking coach he was in college. Whoa. I'm, I'm just telling you. He's another guy that <laughs> loves my office. Really? Hey, JB, what do you think of Coach Mike McCarthy? It wasn't like a big, bold, I'm guaranteed that we're going to win, but he did say that we're going to win this game. Do you have an issue with that? All right. Pat, where are you at? The Snooty Fox? Bro, I am in. I slept on cardboard last night, JB. All right? <laughs> look, I, 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 I got bed bugs in my pants right now, probably. The, Sno the Snooty Fox is like that's a whole roll stroll uh, motel in L.A. <laughs> that's got a big old heart mirror on the roof. So you can see, you know, yourself fucking. I'm not at that, okay? And I'm not, I'm not at the, uh, what's that other one? The, the, the documentary one? Uh, Cecil Hotel. Cecil. Some legendary hey. places for sure. I am in L.A. Quick stop, though. It's, hey, this weather's gorgeous, though, JB. I mean, uh, it's been crazy. raining out here, man. It's fucking pissing me off. You're what? In, you're in a drought, it's been dude. Raining out. See, I'm an hour east of you right now, so I'm, it's been raining out here. Rain? Oh, it's been raining for three days out here. Man, nothing but sunshine over here and weed deliveries. It's awesome. Hey, it looks it looks like it. I see it coming off reflecting off your face. No, 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 no. JB, they deliver it right to the door. It's the year. No, no, I'm talking about the sun. I'm not I'm not gonna ever call out the weed. I'm talking about the sun <laughs> reflecting off your face right now. I can see sunlight yeah. and I'm looking at a fucking cloudy Kansas weather. Uh, well, AJ's back there in Indiana and I, I don't know, I'm not there, but I assume the weather's terrible. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's raining. Yeah. Hey AJ looks looks pretty slick, man. Uh -oh. Sure. 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh, JB. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey, Jay, every day's an interview, dog. Every day's an interview. FanDuel might be calling your motherfucking ass. <laughs> JB, hey, Army, hey, Navy, who's going to hey, win? To answer your question about McCarthy, uh, you know, I think he was just uh, doing something for himself on that one. I think he was doing it to hype himself up and get the kid, get the guys kind of like, all right, I'm, 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 I need you guys to step up for me right now because people don't think I can call a game as a head coach, and I'm, I need to fucking get you guys to back me. And, you know, this quarterback backed them at least. So, yeah. you know, I think everybody else will follow yeah. suit. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's a message to the team. I think the team loves that. They they probably see Mike McCarthy in their team meetings, and they love it. And then Mike does, I think, I don't think he loves doing media stuff. So I think he sometimes yeah. goes into his cliche coach speak, whatever. How come he hasn't been it. on this show, AJ? Why How hasn't he been on the show? Let's ask him. Go ahead. Okay. When you play right. for him. Call him right now. We need to ask him. Hey, you guys, have you guys ever asked Aaron about what he thinks of him what, what, after taking all this heat from the Cowboys? Yeah, well, yeah. Aaron talks about Mike a lot. Yeah, he yeah. references him a lot. Like for a lot he of like, things, I, like, oh, me I've heard me great. I've heard that he's a fucking genius. Like all these people are talking all this shit, but I'm sure Aaron knows. I've heard the guy knows his shit, obviously, and especially on the offensive side. Um, so you wonder, you know, if the if the Cowboys have another shitty ass performance like the other last couple of weeks, if if that motherfucker don't start calling the games again. Well, I mean, let's see what happens. Hey, Connor really wants me to ask you about the Army Navy game, JB. What are your thoughts on that? Who's going to win that sucker? Yeah, that's the only game I got written down here, man. Army's favored by seven. Uh, they're eight and three. Um, you know, Kenny over uh, Polynesian head coach over at Navy, good dude, man. Uh, He's having a rough season, three and eight, and uh, Coach you know, Niamatololo. Yes, all the cadets, huh? No. Coach Niamatololo. There you go. Hell said, yeah. I didn't want to fuck it up. <laughs> um, so hey, I, I got oh, Army covering the seven, man. I got Army winning that one, and it's gonna be, you know, I think they're all gonna break out some new uniform and shit, uh, like they do every year. Um, hey, let me ask you guys this: back to Pat's question, I didn't answer all the way. Mario leaving Oregon. So Chip Kelly goes to the NFL. Oregon has Phil Knight and Nike. Yep. So they got a million and 16 uniform combinations with the helmets to match. They have the best facilities in America. They just, they're putting in brand new facilities. So why the fuck is the coaches leaving every single time for a lateral position or even a lesser job? Oh, because the Pac-12 is dead. Willie Taggart goes to Florida State which was the beginning of his demise, right? Yeah. Now you got Mario leaving uh, Oregon and going to Miami, who Miami has intramural facilities, by the way. Have you ever been there? They're bad. Like still, like they're they, bad. they haven't upgraded in a while? No, they're bad, man. Miami's a bad situation. They like, share a baseball field with like half of the football field. Like it's a lot of shit going on there. That's not very great. Now they're upgrading some shit I hear, but I've been there one time. It wasn't very good. And I'm just like, why are people leaving? Maybe green, Oregon's not as green as they, th- they say. No, it's because, hey, JB, it's be, and you made me just think of this, and this might not be right, but Pac-12's been dead, dude. Pac-12's fucking dead. If USC comes back, I think that Oregon job gets even more, like, desirable. You know what I mean? I think just the Pac-12 being completely dead for some time is the reasoning for that. Maybe. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I posted it on Twitter. I posted the facilities and I asked, why, you know, is it really green? That maybe it's not as green as everyone says. And everyone's like, have you ever been to Eugene? And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking rains. I get it. But it's not fucking Alaska. <laughs> like, it's not that cold, dude. Like, you're, you're a fucking hour and a half flight from L.A. You're, you're on the Pacific Northwest. Like, you have the facilities and fucking Nike. Like, come on, man. I, I don't know. I, I just like you're getting paid pretty good money. You can recruit everybody. They killed L.A. in recruiting. Like, they got the best number one player in the country, Thibodeau, who declared for the draft. I mean, he'll be the number one or two DN taken. Um, I don't know, man. Shout out to Jermaine Johnson, by the way, my former kid. Uh, ACC player of the year Ooh. and uh, first team All-American yesterday. So, uh, you know, he was the guy that shied away from the camera. He never really wanted to be on the on the camera, and, and uh, he did his thing, man. So... He bet on himself. He'll J- be drafted pretty good. JB, last thing for me, like, so Phil Knight and Nike, he basically makes Oregon, like, he's a huge reason why they have had success in all of their sports because they have unbelievable facilities. They have a billion different uniforms that, like, entice these kids. Isn't there any other billionaires out there that can go and try to juice their university up and do what he did to Oregon? Under Armour guy did it, and he started trying to get it. What happens yeah. is, once the Under Armour guy starts to spread out thin and then you get UCLA and then you get all these schools now buying your shit. I don't think you can focus on one school. Phil Knight's done it better than anybody, in my opinion, because he's still Oregon through and through. Like he's worn throughout the nation. And it was funny. I saw D, but he posted a thing like Miami, you better get out of that Adidas shit and get into Nike. And I'm like, dude, it ain't happening. Phil Knight ain't giving Nike shit to fucking Miami. Not oh, so, so it's interesting, right? Desk. Because. Yeah, you heard that right. Mario had a contract on his desk before they played the Pac-12 title game against Utah and got fucking drugged through the mud by Utah, and he didn't sign it. It was like a 10-year deal or whatever. And and Phil Knight's sitting there like, okay, motherfucker. So I think that's kind of burn a bridge, in my opinion. I wouldn't want to And that's why Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly and he had a good relationship, so he's like, give me fucking Chip Kelly back here. He'll respect the fact that I got a waffle maker Maybe, with yeah. rubber and I put some <laughs> shoes on this thing, and now we're bazillionaires. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious, though, like, what's your take on how does Phil, how does Chip do well at Oregon? And, and by the way, he inherited a, a, a Mike Bellotti uh, or, you know, structured program, which was already pretty legit. But but Chip took it to the next level, got him in the natty. And and then he's been dog shit ever since. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying he, he was he was talking about getting fired at UCLA. You're in L.A. Like you can't win at UCLA. I don't know, man. I, I just think the people that have left Oregon, it has started their demise, the beginning of their demise. They've, they've been shitty ever since they left Oregon. Like I'd say in Oregon if I was one of these motherfuckers. It's got to be tough, I would imagine, going from Oregon where you have everything at your disposal. There's probably, you know, blank checks for everything. And then you go to other places like, hey, there's actually like a budget here and you have to abide by this. You can't just go buy everything you want. And hey, what do you know? Studies. What do you know about that Oregon budget? What, Phil just has to sign off on everything or they have an unlimited budget? What is it? Nah, there's still legalities like NCAA still has to. You know, there's still a bunch of infrastructure and legalities that this, the university athletic departments have to go through. You, you know, they get donors and shit that they need. You know, Phil Knight, I'm sure, needs a million fucking write offs. So he's going to have to send money over there. But I don't think it still has to go through and get approved by Pac-12, NCAA. It's not just so, you can, so could like for the with the. Name, image, likeness stuff. Like a lot of these Nike deals and shit that you get in the NFL, it's just like you get gear, basically. They could basically do that, right? They can get them a Nike Gold or a Nike whatever that is um, website login, and every kid can get like uh, 1500 bucks, which is like three 
three shirts. Yeah. Get like fifteen hundred bucks worth of like Nike gear, right? That's something that they could easily add into I, the whole fucking thing, right? I think so, yeah. But but look at there's only how about the Ewers, Ewers or whatever his name is, kid? You asked me about a couple weeks ago. This guy made a million dollars in NIL at Ohio State. He's a third string quarterback. Yeah, he made him. He had a million. He got a million dollar deal at Ohio State. He's a third string quarterback and enters the portal and goes to Texas uh, with Sark now. And like, I'm like, he was a high school kid. Like, left early, and you go and enter the portal, get an NIL thing. But how how hard must it be, AJ, to ask you? How hard must it be for a coach to address a team where maybe one or two guys are getting NILs? And the backup left tackle, the backup corner, and the backup quarterback are looking at you, yell at the team. They're like, motherfucker, this guy's making money. I don't make shit. I got a fucking FAFSA check. Yeah. I mean, it's a real thing. Like, We'll see, I think, as time goes, how that plays out. But the Quinn Ewers thing, he he left high school early to come to get basically, hey, I can get paid, and hopefully it works out here. If not, I can go somewhere else. As, like you said, I didn't. so he's committed to Texas now? Is that where he's That's going? That's the rumor. Oh, yeah, I guess. Rumor. That's okay. what I hear. I tell you I what, know, watching that they dude's created, tape though, they, they, watching his tape, he can sling it. America have created a a uh, uh, NFL free agency thing, but the problem is the other team's not getting a trade back like the NFL. So you can basically just enter and leave and go anywhere you want, but you're not getting anything in return. There's 3,100 kids I think in the portal right now for football alone. There's over 10,000 kids in college athletics in the portal of all yeah. sports. So like. Come on, man. It's, hey, it's becoming. It does work out sometimes, though, JB. Look at Alabama's top receiver came from Ohio State. Ooh. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens. It, 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 and shit, I, 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 won, uh, I won like 20 bucks on FanDuel last night, too. That shit happens every blue Let's motherfucking And You didn't take the super boost, thank God for you. That's for sure, because the Steelers were not. Hey, I lost because AJ 20? forgot he even had a bet on the fucking thing. Kind of. AJ, 3,100 in the portal. There'll be like 110 kids scooped up. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how it's going to play out. Of that? It's tough. It adds a whole new thing to coaching, which I don't know how people coach in college with recruiting and all that. Uh, What's, I, where's everybody else going? Juco? No, there's Juco's being killed. Would you just stay then? A lot of teams just go to the portal and they're like, all right, well, yeah, I guess I'm not going the anywhere. Portal. The portal The portal is now like the Alabama of, of transferring. It's like you're in, you're in Alabama, but you're really in a fucking cloud sitting there thinking <laughs> you're going to go to Alabama or a Clemson or wherever. You're not going. There's only one Alabama. There's only 127 D1s. How many kids do you think they're taking? They're only taking the select kid. And so they don't have school. They're not in a school or anything when they're in the portal. What are they? They're just hanging out no. at home? No, they're just sitting there, yeah. And so what's happening is now JUCO's getting affected, and high school is actually getting affected in a great way because high school kids aren't being recruited as much, and either is JUCO in the same manner because the transfer portal kid is sitting there and – it's an adult thing, man. I don't know if you it's an it's a grown folk problem. We we're giving out trophies to every participation. Uh, you know, we're giving out participation trophies, A. But it starts with the grown-ups because a Nevada O lineman entered the portal last week and 70 coaches contacted him within 10 minutes. 70 D1 coaches contacted a Nevada O lineman. Like he's as average as fuck, right? It's gonna feel good for that. 70 coaches yeah. Yeah, great. 70 coaches offered Nevada's O lineman. Like in 10 minutes in the portal. They said the portal, boom, because they got coaches just monitoring the portal. Yeah. So, boom, we call this guy. Well, you're the reason everyone is entering the portal. Stop calling these motherfuckers. Make them fucking stay home and compete. Like, quit <laughs> offering them another scholarship. Like, I don't know, man. 
I, it's crazy. These kids are just jumping around like crazy. I get their circumstances. I get that. Like I, I can see, you know, a coach tells you in your home in front of your mama, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then you get to campus and that motherfucker took the Miami job. I can see, fuck you. You lied to me. Right. That's a, in my opinion, you're a piece of shit. You shouldn't be in coaching in my opinion. But anyway, let's be honest in the household with the kid, at least. Hey man, if, 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 if my dream job does come open, yes, I am taking it mom and dad. And I, I used to do it all the time and I still get the kid. They used to ask me Pat all the time. Kids, uh, parents, after the first year, I'm in a home recruiting. They're like, hey, man, you, now you're famous and shit. I'm like, man, I ain't no fucking famous. I'm the same motherfucker. He's like, but what if SC calls you? I'm like, what if they do? Would you go? Yes. <laughs> and they look at me like, oh, everyone else says no. I'm like, no. Yes, I'm going back to a home in L.A. to USC and leaving a town of nine people in Kansas. motherfucker. <laughs> yes, I am. But I'll tell you this. The place he's coming is a better place than what it was when I got here. And I'm, this is still the best option for this guy, for your kid. And the odds of me leaving are 1%. And these coaches got to be honest with them, man, and they're not. They're lying to them is what makes it worse. And that's what makes kids spiteful and enter the portal on a higher level too, which I understand. But also the kid needs to earn their rights. Well, I think too, JB, that's where you can lie to them. You can say, well, if I get that, yes, I'm going to SC and I will do everything in my power to bring you with me, buddy. You're going to play <laughs> yeah. USC. You can't yep. wait for that one. You're a Trojan, man. Talking <laughs> right. about independence, that, dude. That is, that, is a, that is a thing coaches do, too. But at the same time, they don't get the job, and then they end up get, losing the kid all the way around. They don't get him at Oklahoma either. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a double-edged sword. You got to be careful. Oh, because they, you they had their for-show money looking yeah, for no money, money and yep. ended up with no money. No money. Perfect. Hey. You're you're a lot more politically correct than me because when we were young, we used to call it. Hey, you rather get some for show pussy or no pussy? <laughs> nah, well, you can take that to anything. You know, you can apply that same line to many other things. No doubt, you can. Hey, JB, applicable. JB, I appreciate I you, man. Big word today. We're gonna get to a, our first break here this hour, but JB, thank you so much, man. Appreciate your time, your perspective on everything. I, I thought you did a great video too yesterday for Pat. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, very uh, cool, you, you dude. Much, much love, you guys, man. I appreciate y'all. See you uh, next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Right, thank you. Coach JB. Yeah! So sorry to interrupt, but if you have ever wanted to make your home feel safer, there is no better time than now. This week, our friends at Simply Safe are giving our listeners 40 per- holy shit, 40% off their award-winning home security. We love Simply Safe because it has everything you need to make your home safe. Indoor and outdoor cameras, comprehensive, sen- or comprehensive sensors. Say that a couple times fast. And also, they do have all these things. It's amazing. And it's all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. We have Simply Safe in this office and we all have them at our homes. It's very easy to set up. Very easy to set up. You can do it yourself. You don't need any, you know, strangers going through your house, tracking mud, you know, drilling holes. I think what Simply Safe is all about. Simply Safe is ta- about taking home security to a much more modernized level. It's an app, it's cameras, it's sensors, it tracks movement. They have trained professionals watching along. You're good to go. You get alerts for anything that's potentially weird. It is literally the perfect home security system. And the 40% off is the biggest discount of the year. You can get a complete home security system starting at just over $100 for peace of mind. 
There are no long-term contracts or commitments. It's a really easy way to start feeling a bit more peace of mind. Take advantage of Simply Safe's holiday say, um, sale and get 40% off your new home security system by visiting simplysafe.com slash McAfee. Again, that's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash M-C-A-F-E-E for 40% off your entire system. Hurry, this offer ends soon. And with the holidays coming around and a lot of delivery stuff going on, Simply Safe protects you against those porch pirates too. It's the perfect time to get into the game. It's simplysafe.com slash McAfee and get 40% off your entire system. That's crazy. Back to the show. Pat McAfee is out there in uh, L.A. He's joining us. I can't lift my arms, though, with my jacket. That's the only problem. Real real limited on where you can throw it. I am not like Gronk right now. I do not have a big catch radius when I wear this jacket. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We can, we can figure it out. What do you want to ask Lombardi about, Pat, whenever he gets on here? I'm going to thank him. I'm going to thank Lombo a little bit. You know, and then I'll let you kind of guide the conversation where we want to go. I mean, the Patriots chatter is something real. Joe Brady conversation. Yeah. Real because he has a son that coaches down there. Uh, but I asked him for some advice before the first negotiation, and it was fucking powerful. It was powerful what he told me. It was uh, – he's, he's – I fucking love Lombardi. Man. Can you tell I us – can you tell us what he told you? I'll, I'll wait until – I don't know if he, like yeah. – I don't know because he does a lot of speaking. I don't want to take his – you know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to take his. Like, you know, yo, I think he's actually down in Texas doing a speaking, speaking gig for Exxon Mobil or something like that's that. Yeah, awesome. he, he just did. Mm-hmm. Can Can I sign up to speak for Exxon Mobil? They got plenty of cash to pay <laughs> you. I know you that. You probably could, but you charge uh, twenty to thirty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, oh, that's that. right. So what happened? Asshole. What happened? If you want to go like speak, yeah, you know, hey, come have AJ Hawk speak to the the company. You're charging twenty to thirty k to do that. Who? I saw it was on the internet. Yeah, it was on the internet. Screenshot. I, uh, First off, I haven't seen that, and it's a complete lie because I would definitely charge more than that to come speak. <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now. I do give speeches, and I would not go down there. I'm not saying anything. I just Jeez, I only do it if it's. Well. I only, wow. I'm only going to do it if it's too good to turn hey, down. That's hey, what I'm saying. It's the only way I'm hey, leaving. Those spe- hey, those speeches, the companies are terrible. Speaking the companies, most of them are, are terrible. But no, I'm saying you can make them fun. You can make them good though. Lombardi, hey, hold on, Pat, hold your hold your thought there because he's on the line. So. Let's let's bring him on here. The guy who I think just I'm got not- done with the speaking gig knows that in in and out. He writes books. He's amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Lombardi. Yeah! I, I apologize for the uh, bad camera angle here. I got it fixed. Okay, there we go. You look good. You look good. You, look good. You, you always look good. I can't hear you for shit. You speaking for the big good. oil companies down there, Lombardi? Uh, you know, I don't know. It just was. It was one of those things that kind of fell in my lap, and I thought it was a pretty good opportunity for me to do it. So I, I took full advantage of it. Hey, you're probably in. A, I watch your TED talk. It's awesome. It's fucking amazing. Obviously, your daily coach. I read that. It's incredible. You have a way with words, and you've been in position of power and leadership that only few have in the past, and have gone through negotiations and big time money conversations that not a lot of people know about, and have been a part of programs. And not a lot of people know about. When you gave me that piece of information going into my first negotiation, I can't thank you enough for that. I mean, that was fucking awesome. That was, you changed my entire mindset, dude. Well, I, I think oftentimes we we always think negotiations. We've been treated as if you know we're in the ones at the disadvantage. And when you have something to offer, you have an advantage. And I think your specialty certainly does. And you know, it's like a player. You can never overpay a great player. You could always overpay a mediocre player. You could just never overpay a great player. And you, in a negotiation, if you're a great player, you got to think that way. And I, and I think certainly you do. 
It was awesome. You also, and I don't want to give away too much of your business sense for free to people, but you told me, you said, hey, if they counter, they're saying that your number's wrong. And that was like a, that was like a, that was a complete mindset changer for me. It was like, they're saying that your number's wrong if they counter to you, just something to think about and remember that. Yeah. And that's going to happen in every negotiation and shit. Yeah. I, I think when you, when you put a number out there, especially considering that you're doing it so far in advance that, you know, you've given thought and like a player comes to you and says, hey, I want this. The market is pretty well set. You know what the market is. And so, you know, and you're and you're buying. And remember, time equals money. So when you're signing a contract before your contract's up, you're giving it you're basically giving a discount. So there's got to be a little bit of a value added to that. So I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I don't think I helped you very much. I think it was all you, but I am extremely happy to be a part of it. It was awesome, AJ. Sorry about that. That, that is awesome. But also, you want to negotiate when things are going well, too. That helps a lot. <laughs> and things are always going well for you right now. Hey, for show money, <laughs> mo money, you know, no, no money. money. Yeah, there's, exactly. a, there's, a, there's a potential couple things there. You know, you got to weigh in. Personally. But I appreciate you, Paisan. Sorry, go ahead, AJ. I'm here to help. Whatever you need, you know, I'll, I'll always help you. You know that. It's it's my pleasure. I think it's I think it's good. And then what you did for charity, I think, is really incredible. Because, you know, like, it's like when they when when Melfi told Tony Soprano, you know, you can't eat all the ravioli. <laughs> all the pasta. Like, <laughs> You, got, you can't have it all, right? And I thought that was just so generous on your part to be able to come back and give back to people that need it. I, I think that's really touching. And I, and I think we, we, as a society, especially around Christmas time, we need to understand that the gifts aren't for us, they're for others. Great. Man, that's very nice of you. Thank you, Paisan. That's, that's very, awesome. very nice and real. Go ahead, AJ. That's awesome. And, and pivoting, Lombardi, what do you think? Last night, did you watch the game? What are your thoughts? I know people feel very strong about the, the Chase Claypool when he, he converts the fourth down. Would they have gotten another play if he would have ran that ball to the official? What are, you, what are your thoughts on the game? I was cursing Mike Tom. I was cursing Mike Zimmer for not running the ball on that last third down he had. Like, he, he cost himself all that time. It, you know, and so for me, you know, that was one of the biggest mistakes in the game. You could pick on Claypool, but I thought that Zimmer, Really, his mismanagement at the end of the game was really a problem. And, oh, he looks like Al Capone when he gets back. <laughs> yeah. Trouble over here. Oh, no. At the, we're at the banquet table with Al Capone. <laughs> I'm, not Pat, Italian. I'm not Italian like Pat claims to be. You know, Claypool's got to grow up. Like, there's no time to celebrate. It's a time to win. Win the game. And I, I've never seen a team as lucky in the fourth quarter as Pittsburgh. They came back against the Chargers. I mean, they had the ball all the time in the fourth quarter. They made that miraculous comeback. And then last night, they had no business being in the game. I mean, how does Cousins throw that slant for an interception? Like, how do you do that? Like, sometimes your opponent isn't the other team. It's the clock. It's the clock. Yeah. And the situation will call for it, right? And I think that's a big deal that some people don't understand and some people do. And I think that – you know, that organization, that dynasty that you were a part of up there in New England oh, yeah. always had the game management. You're doing great. The game management <laughs> situation is all figured out. All the situational football was, like, going to get aced. Did, were you yeah. – and I wanted to talk to you immediately after the game on Monday, and we're getting you now because you've been very busy and we appreciate and respect the hell out of that. We all knew Belichick was going to win that game, right? Oh, my, I mean, as soon as that weather was at 35 miles an hour, you know Bill's going to yeah. – that's a game that Bill Belichick wins. Well, let, let me give you a little background. So they practiced on Friday in the bad weather, right? Mac Jones threw one incompletion and 30-mile-an-hour win in the bad weather. 
literally, he threw one incompletion in practice in the bad weather. It was 35-mile-an-hour howling wind. He threw one. So you say, well, why did he throw it in the game? Well, the, I think what happens in that game, and Pat, you've punted in that place before. Oh. And you're not on the field. You don't know the wind is coming sideways. AJ, I don't know how much you played in that state. But the wind direction is changing on a continual basis in that stadium. I know the TV people kept saying the wind's going left to right, but there were times on the field that it wasn't. In that game, McCourty was calling the defenses according to the swirling wind. In fact, when, when J.C. Jackson and Mills made that play near the bench over on the Buffalo sideline, that was all McCourty. McCourty checked into the play. McCourty checked into the defense, which rolled the coverage, which almost gave him an interception. And that was all predicated by the wind. That wasn't predicated by the call in the huddle. That was predicated by the side wind. So the side wind was really the factor in the game. The wind coming right to left was important, but that side wind made it so hard. And I think if, if you're a Buffalo fan, you got the ball first and goal with the six. You got to run Josh Allen four times. You got to run Josh Allen four times. You can't waste it there. You got to try to put the ball in his hands four times. So I think the way they played the game was look, they, everybody says Belichick should have run the ball, thrown the ball. They outgained him running the ball. They averaged more per play running, throw, running than they did throwing. What did they need to throw it? They felt like if they threw it, something bad could happen. And I don't think we understood how much the wind was a factor in the swirlingness inside the stadium. Lombardi, can you explain a little bit when you said McCourty was calling the defense depending on the wind, the side-to-side wind? Like, what exactly is he doing there? So they were rolling the coverage to the where, the where the only side of the field you could throw the ball to. So they knew where he knows, like, by the wind, okay, it's, there's no chance he can throw over here, so we're going to roll the coverage gotta, over here. Wind's blowing on this series. He's got to throw the ball over here because if he throws it to the other side, he's never going to catch it. He can't control it. In fact, in pregame, they decided that if, unless the ball was inside the 10 in the, in the open end of the stadium, not where the, not where the locker rooms are, the other end, they wouldn't even try a field goal. They, there's no way. Nick Folk told him and said, you have to almost aim at 20 yards outside to be able to bring it in. So when he tried that field goal, nobody on their bench thought he was going to make it. They all thought it was going to be a bad kick. Do you think Buffalo was rolling their coverages as well? Huh? You think Buffalo was rolling their coverages as well? Do you think think that is the difference? I think Buffalo was hanging on for dear life. Buffalo's not a big team. Matt Milano played safety in college. Ed Oliver's not a big – they're not a big team. You know the first play, the first third down of the game when Nigel Harris drops that pitch? That's a touchdown. You go and watch it on tape. Trent Brown's out there going to block the corner. They're going to run it to the end zone. I mean, they just out-executed him in a game that they needed to out-execute him in. He's, uh, and Bill loves it, right? Hey, Bill <laughs> fucking loves that shit. He, he loves it. There's no better line than when he tells the team, get your stuff on and get outside. There's no better line <laughs> Just get your S on and get outside. Like, he could care less with the wet. In fact, I think he enjoys it. <laughs> it, pro- it. It keeps him from getting bored, I would imagine. I'm sure he doesn't get bored, but, hey, anything new to your routine, your plan that changes up, it's got to be kind of uh, invigorating for him. I-, I think one of the sins of, 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 of losing toughness in your team is these indoor facilities. Oh, oh, shut the fuck up, my hey. All right. Oh, we got to run perfect plays. We got to have the ball that can't touch the ground. Yeah. Max- out there on Friday in thirty degree in thirty five mile right, winds. Hold on, Idiot, we had an indoor Pat. practice facility. We practice outside all the time. Soft as but butter. But it's the extra reps, <laughs> you know, the extra reps that you can get in whenever you're not in the middle of reps for mental toughness. Win games. Reps uh, for mental. Games. Get hey, that real back. quick. Uh, I'll, I'll, real quick. Let's. Here. I've, I've seen that. 
All right, I let's talk get... about uh, – I don't want to get hit with a bat either. Let's talk about the, the other Lombardi. Joe Brady yeah. down there, with down in Carolina. Was this expected, yeah. you think? This came out of nowhere for a lot of us. I guess there was no real reaction afterwards from anybody on the team. So I guess this was kind of expected. And Yeah, I, I think I – think... The, the two of them, I think Matt Rule had an idea of offense. I think Joe Brady had an idea of offense. I'm not sure they were aligned all the time. I think How they became, get hired then? I think it became really hard for that. And I think that they're an evolving offense. And when you're an evolving offense, you've got to be adaptive. And I think Brady kind of wanted to run what he runs, you know. And that's kind of his expertise. And I think they needed to evolve their offense. And I think that was probably the biggest issue. And look, you know, rule, rule. it took guts to do it. I mean, they both have the same agent. Trace Armstrong represents both Matt Rule and Joe Brady. So it's hard. And I think for Joe Brady, it's a great lesson learned. And I think for Rule, it's an opportunity for him to put an identity into his offense that he desperately needs. Boston Connor, what do you got? Yeah, Michael, uh, is Belichick, you know, cerebral enough where he actually wears the Navy mask before running the ball damn near every play? Like, does he do that on purpose? And also, <laughs> now that Mac has turned out to be as good as he is, do you see him leaving the game anytime before the Mac Jones era is over in New England? I think they're having so much fun up there right now. I think they like their team. I think their team is just really a bunch of good guys. And Pat, you got you know this. AJ, you know this. When you have when you have a team that everybody likes one another, it becomes a much better oh, yeah. team. It, it, you, there's a camaraderie that's built within that locker room, and you could feel it. I mean, there'll be a hard game when they play Indianapolis this week, uh, next week. But there, there's a sense of mental and physical toughness. I think he's really enjoying it. And look, Mac Jones is only going to get better. Much to all the Mac Jones haters that are out there, Mac Jones is only going to get better. Absolutely, Ty. Michael, when you look at uh, the NFC West, like the the Cardinals, I know you've talked about like you're finally a believer in them. What about the Rams? Like, I mean, is there any hope that this team's going to make a deep playoff run? Well, every every time we see the Rams, they always put that stat up. When Sean McVay's leading at halftime, his record is X. We never see when Sean McVay's losing at halftime, right? <laughs> All right, so I. Team where I really believe this, and you guys can disagree. I think Matthew Stafford has been such an easy solution for them. They've lost their identity on offense. Now, last week they got it back with Sonny Michelle running the football, but they got to get more physical. Their offensive line isn't good enough to pass protect 50 plays. Matthew Stafford will get killed. And they protected golf by running play action and running the ball because they knew golf couldn't throw drop back passes. But now Stafford can throw dropback passes. They've kind of lured themselves into this trap where they think they can solve all the problems. And and I don't think he can. They've got to get more physically tough. And then defensively, I I mean, they've got three great players, but I think they have a hard time stopping anybody. You don't have to throw the ball to Jalen Ramsey's side. You can throw it to the other side. Diggs has something in a second. But Lombardi, can you get more physically tough in the middle of a year? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think it's hard. I think you got to go outside and practice. You got to stay out of that bubble. Yeah, you heard that, Pat. What do you got, uh, Diggs? Uh, uh, there about was... the practice. It's the extra reps. <laughs> Lombo, there was a uh, a report, I believe, yesterday or something like that. I don't know how, how true it is, but the conversation that Russ would potentially, Russ Wilson would potentially waive his no trade clause for the Giants, the Broncos, and there was a third team. Do you think it's time that they do potentially blow it up in Seattle? 
Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Pete Carroll talked about the Jamal Adams trade like it was beneficial for him. Like, seriously, Jamal, you paid him $16 million, you're paying him like a You're paying him like a top-line player, and he doesn't impact the game. And you gave up two number ones for him. Like, I don't know how that was a good trade. Your defense is one of the, the 32nd and third-round defense. You're paying him all this money. Uh, I, I think they have to rebuild their team, but they have no assets to do it. If you trade away, if you trade away Russ, I mean, if you trade away Russ, how do you? Where are you going to get a quarterback from? Who's your Who's your answer? We play. You know, oh. Who are you getting? Are you trading for Jimmy Garoppolo? Or are you trading for Jared Dobby? What are you doing? I don't know. I think it's a complicated issue for Seattle. And 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 I was told last week that I thought maybe Shane Waldron was forced down Russ's throat, but I think Russ really wanted Shane Waldron. I think that was his guy. So. Now I heard Russ said, you know, he's willing to come back and play his career. I don't know if either side can get divorced. I don't think it's I think it's one of those where we're better off staying married. How about which is fascinating to look at it because Pete is getting older. Not that he's not going to be able to coach forever because he's in incredible shape. But a blow up would be insane over there. They're saying there's no good quarterbacks coming out of college or whatever. You know, Kenny Pickett's number one. They banned sliding. By the way, because of him, boy to go, Kenny. Hey, baby, That's Kenny. Kenny game. Fake sliding, rule, you know? fake sliding, right? Yeah. Just fake sliding is banned. Yeah, mock sliding, uh, fraud sliding, whatever the case. <laughs> Anytime you become a rule, that means you did something sweet. But yeah. are any of these veteran quarterbacks going to actually move? You think, or is it all going to be a bunch of talk, all bark and no fucking bite? Is this not a dog mentality, or what? Is this because I feel like we're going to get excited for a bunch of veteran quarterbacks to move, and it's not going to happen? It's, it's, it's a hard quarterback market. I mean, you still got Deshaun's going to be out there. And what happens with Tua? Because Tua's played better in the last. Do they, do they make the trade? Is Tua become available? You know, what happens with, with all these other ones? I mean, you know, you're sitting there. Uh, you're in the Andy Dalton business. Do you really want to be in that kind of business? I don't think you do. So, you know, I mean, I, the college draft isn't going to be a solution for some of these teams. The Eagles have three number ones, right? And there may not be a quarterback to draft. They may have to continue on, and that's what shocked me. Why Gardner Minshew wasn't viewed as a better player than he was, I have no idea. Because Gardner Minshew, to me, was a little bit less than Baker Mayfield. A little bit less. Not not as good as Baker, but similar to Baker and what he could do. Now, I don't think Gardner can do it for 16 games. I think it wears on his body. But I think Gardner has instincts like you can't believe. Hey, last thing for me, Lombardi. What, what about Love's the Browns? Ball. What about the Browns and uh, and Baker Mayfield? Like, what is their see? What, like, what's it going to look like the rest of this year? And then also, what do they do in the offseason? Well, I mean, I don't know how you. I would pick up Baker's option and draft a quarterback. That's what I would do if I was first round. First round. I would try to find one. You're yeah. gonna look. You can't replace one until you start looking, right? You can't replace one until you start looking. So they better start looking. They should have drafted one this year. I mean, a couple teams, and I think Baker's got to look. The Browns only score when they make big plays. They don't go the move the ball down. The, even though they have a great runner in Nick Chubb, and he's fabulous, they've got to make big plays. Look at their score sheets. Look at how many points they scored. 17 against Denver, 10 against Baltimore, you know, 10 against Pittsburgh. They don't score points unless they make big plays, like the Charger game or like when they played the Bengals and the Bengals turned it over. They don't score so for Baltimore, even though their secondary is beat up this week, Baltimore's got to make them, make them work the ball down the field. And Baker's got to prove he can throw a drop-back pass game, something I don't think he's ever proven yet. Yeah, well, hey, it'll be fun to, to watch it play out. And people in Cleveland, I, I don't know how they feel about Baker and the rest of the team right now. But, Lombardi, I really appreciate you coming on here. Thank you so much for everything, and thanks for the advice you gave to Pat. Hell yeah. Oh, no. 
Pat, he, I did nothing for Pat. He's just being nice to me. <laughs> Pat did it all himself. And you guys did it all. Congratulations to every one of you. You guys, it's a team effort. That's the beautiful thing about it. You know, the name on the front is more important than the name on the back. That was my whole talk to ExxonMobil. The name on the front is more important than the name on the back. The brand is more important than anything. Did you say do your job? Keep the valves closed in the ocean. <laughs> do your job. Everybody just do your job. Just pay attention to your job. We're going to be great. Awesome. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, Thanks. Michael Lombardi. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you guys. Oh!